0: Good morning, everyone. Good morning. I'd like to welcome
1: you to our Sunday School Hour at Calvary Baptist Church of Trehern. If you take your hymn books and turn to number 337. 337. Teach me thy way, O Lord. 337.
0: Teach me thy way, O Lord, teach me thy way. Thy guiding grace afford, teach me thy way. Help me to walk aright, more by faith, less by sight, lead me Thy way. When I am sad at heart, teach me thy way. When earthly joys depart, teach me thy way. In hours of loneliness, in times of dire distress, or success, teach me thy way. When doubts and fears arise, teach me thy way. When storms 'er o'erspread the skies, teach me thy way.
1: Father, we're thankful this morning that we can come to this place where we can learn of Thee. Thankful that Thou hast raised up this work and has blessed it over the years, and we pray that we would glorify Thee here and make Thy name uh, uh, true in this area, that we would stand true to Thee and exalt Thy name, that others would see the importance of Thy truth in their lives rather than continuing to follow lies and... uh, falsehoods. We pray, Father, that we would be faithful to Thee. Pray for others who are needing to know the truth, that they would see the need of coming where the truth is taught. We think of Paul's family as they grieve his loss, that they might see the need to know the truth instead of following the lies of Catholicism. We pray for Simone as well, that she might want to know the truth, and for Denise, and for Albert's family, and for many others. We pray, Father, that they might see that there is hope available there is a place where they can learn the truth that they would want to come and learn of thee we do pray for trisha as well pray for her as she mourns the loss of her father that she might um, find comfort and hope in thee pray for them as they serve thee there in Uruguay, that they would glorify thee and want thy blessing in their lives we ask that thou be with uh, our country of Canada, with our leaders, as we have corrupt leadership all across the board. We pray, Father, for the salvation of many. pray that we would be faithful to thee, and as we have opportunity, that we would not be ashamed to speak the truth, realizing that the truth is what makes a person free, and that we don't have to concern ourselves with whether we win the battle here on this earth or not. We are more than conquerors through him that loved us. We are on the winning side in Christ Jesus. And the victory is ours through him. And it's a spiritual victory that we need to be reminded of. So we pray that thy will would be accomplished as we live out our days here. We do continue to pray for the peace of Jerusalem, for Mr. Netanyahu who is facing pressure from inside his country as well as from the United States pray that he would come to know thee as his god and savior see the need to follow thee according to thy word we pray for many jews to be saved we ask thy will be done in ukraine with the world war that is centered in that area right now but affecting many countries we pray father that many ukrainians and many russians would be saved in these days of grace and as other countries are involved, that many would turn to thee. We thank thee for the promise that thy son is coming back soon. We look forward to that even today. As the Apostle John wrote, even so come quickly. And we pray that we would serve thee faithfully. In the meantime, pray for those that are uh, watching via our live stream, that they would um, see the importance of this time and uh, set aside any distractions that they would have that they could listen to everything that is done here and that they could grow if, if, if they're saved and that they would see the importance of finding a good church where they can attend so that they can have that fellowship with the saints. And we pray that thou wouldst guide and direct us that we would be faithful to thee and make thy name known. We ask that thou wouldst do thy work here today. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> memory verse from 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse
0: 21. 1 Thessalonians five twenty-one. Prove all things, hold fast that uh, First which is good. 1 Thessalonians, chapter verse 21. 5 Prove all things, hold fast that which is good. 1 Thessalonians, chapter 5, verse 21. Thank you.
1: Good. Romans twelve verse one for next time. Good morning, Jeremy. Good morning. Can you say good morning? You know how to say good morning? Say good. So you say good. Take your finger out of your mouth. Yeah, you're big boy. Good morning you take one say thank you you're welcome
0: Thank you. you're you welcome
1: and we forgot to pray for Abigail let's pray for Abigail Heavenly Father we're thankful that we can come to thee with all our requests and we pray for Abigail that she would uh, get the rest that she needs and get over this tummy, tummy ache that she has and for her mommy as well she spent much of the night awake with her I just pray that they would trust in thee and know thy peace and blessing. We pray in Jesus name. Amen. Jeremy is the smallest, but Jeremy took the biggest one. <laughs> So in the news this week in Canada, if you've been following the news, you know that there's a German politician that's been traveling around Canada. I think she left yesterday. Um, She's in the European Parliament, and uh, she has been very outspoken in Germany, in the European Parliament, against Mr. Trudeau and his uh, tyranny. She has... uh, told him that she's not welcome in their parliament so she's been very outspoken she came to canada and uh, traveled around to different places met with some of the politicians and three of the conservative politicians met with her as well so the media uh, got out there and broadcast that this woman is a racist and uh, ...doesn't believe in the Holocaust and all kinds of stuff like that. And there's a man named Kinsella, forget his first name now... ...who was used by the Liberals back in the... ...or no, used by the Conservatives, that's right, used by the Conservatives in the last election... ...to smear the, the People's Party of Canada, which is by Maxine Bernier. And uh, that man was a, is a deceiver... And that man wrote an article about this woman. I think her name is Maxwell, from uh, British or the European Parliament. He wrote a smear article about her, and and so Mr. Trudeau got out there and condemned these conservatives and Mr. Polivier, who didn't bother to check out the facts. He right away got out there and apologized for his people contacting her and. ...and denounced her and told her she shouldn't be allowed in Canada. Meanwhile, the things that were written about this politician were lies. She is not against the Holocaust. What what she was... Uh, what she ...she didn't even say anything about it, but her party... ...is aligned with a man who wrote an article... ...some years back about Germany's history... ...and the fact that Hitler was a a Jew hater and that he was the one who killed many Jews. And he talked about, he used vulgar language, but he talked about the fact that that was a stain on Germany's history. So he wasn't denying the Holocaust, he was saying that it was a stain on Germany's history. And this writer in Canada, he took that phrase out of its context and made it sound as if this party that this woman is a part of doesn't believe in the Holocaust, thinks it's no big deal and that it was not a a bad thing. So based on lies, they have smeared her, and now Mr. Trudeau is using that to smear the, the Conservative Party, and Mr. Polivier isn't smart enough to check the facts instead of listening to a lying Prime Minister, and now he's out there wallowing around trying to find forgiveness. So we see how deceptive people are and how quickly lies get spread and how hard it is for the truth to, um, to be realized. And we're seeing that if you're following the devotionals in the book of Job. Job's three friends had bad theology and they were attacking Job And suggesting that he was guilty before God and God was punishing him because punishing him because of his sin they were wrong and uh, they were assuming that they knew more than God knew and when we look throughout the Bible we find that many times people dwell on the sins that God points out in the Bible instead of pointing out what God says about the sin that it's not good and that he shows us the right way to live. And as we look at the life of Solomon, we see that Solomon uh, is a, quite the individual to study because he was blessed by God as a young man. He was uh, blessed with wisdom like no other man, also blessed with wealth, very wealthy man. But Solomon failed to apply that wisdom to his heart And he chose to marry foreign wives, strange wives. And those wives turned him away from God. Solomon didn't have, he couldn't use that as an excuse. He couldn't say, well, it wasn't my fault, it was their fault. Adam tried that, and God didn't let him get away with that. But the fact remains that Solomon allowed these women to turn his heart away from God. He made the choice to marry them. He could have chosen a a good wife and he could have honored God in that. And so as we continue to look at the life of Solomon, we see that he built the temple, which was a good thing. And his desire, we said last time from chapter 8 and verse uh, thir- uh, verse 60, his desire for that temple was that all the people of the earth may know that the Lord is God and that there is none else. That's a good desire that Solomon had there. The trouble is that Solomon didn't live out that desire in his own heart. He wrote many Proverbs, as we've been studying, and those Proverbs are very helpful for us, very important for us to read and study and pay attention to. But Solomon didn't live out that life himself. He, uh, be- he got involved in idolatry. He built houses for his, his wives and uh, they would worship idols in those houses, and he allowed that. And uh, it was the downfall not just of Solomon, but of the entire nation of Israel. So it's very important for us to learn the truth and to follow the truth and to realize that most of what we're going to read in the media is a lie. The truth is out there, but you have to dig for it. Same with the Bible. you have to study the Bible. You can't just believe what anybody tells you about the Bible. You've got to study it out. you've got to search it out and see what does the Bible actually say. And that's very important for us to keep that in mind as we go through our lives, that uh, we're going to hear a lot of things, and a lot of what we hear is not true, and that's a sad reality, but that's because the devil is a liar. And people are born as lost sinners. Most people stay there. And many people that want to be religious leaders, they don't want to be religious leaders under God's authority. They want to be their own man. And so they develop their own theology. So as we continue to study Old Testament history and geography, it's important for us to to, uh, keep in mind the things that God is teaching us through his word How important it is to have a good leader because we are all like sheep. We need a good leader to lead us in the right way so that we can know God's peace and blessing. So we left off last time with that thought that Solomon had there in verse 60. In verse 62, it says, And the king and all Israel with him offered sacrifice before the Lord, and Solomon offered a sacrifice of peace offerings which he offered unto the Lord, two and twenty thousand oxen and hundred and twenty thousand sheep. So the king and all the children of Israel dedicated the house of the Lord. The same day the king did the king hallow the middle of the court that was before the house of the Lord. For there he offered burnt offerings and meat offerings and the fat of the peace offerings because of the brazen altar that was before the Lord was too little to receive the burnt offerings, the meat offerings and the fat of the peace offerings. And at that time Solomon held a feast and all Israel with him, a great congregation from the entering in of Hamath unto the river of Egypt before the Lord our God, seven days and 7 days even 14 days. On the 8th day he sent the people away and they blessed the king and went unto their tents joyful and glad of heart for all the goodness that the Lord had done for David his servant and for Israel his people. Now it's interesting there in verse 66 it tells us there the final words of that chapter that they're thankful to God for everything that he did for David, his servant, not for Solomon, his servant. David was the one that the nation of Israel looked up to. David is the one whom the uh, nation of Israel was greatly blessed through as David was a humble servant of God, and God used him greatly to develop the nation of Israel, to give them their land mass that they had and so on, That was all through the time of David. Solomon built the temple, but Solomon didn't expand the landmass. He didn't need to, but David was a good leader, and the people to this day recognize that. And uh, the Bible talks about Jesus Christ being of the lineage of David. So David was just a man. He had his failings. But the Bible speaks very highly of David. And uh, <clears throat> Solomon here, he honored God in having this, uh, these sacrifices, these massive offerings that were given here. When you think about it, two and 20,000 oxen. That's a lot of oxen. An ox is not a small animal. It's like a bull. Two and 20 oxen. And then it says, and 120,000 sheep. That's a lot of sheep, when you think of that. That's a lot of animals that were sacrificed here to God in a very short time. And uh, <clears throat> there was, you know, you cannot out outdo God. And the people that brought these oxen and these sheep, they didn't go home poor and have to beg from people because they offered. Sometimes people look at, their their finances and they say well you know i really don't have any money to give to the lord because i need it for this and i need it for that and i need it for the other thing you can't outdo the lord and if you cheat on the lord you can't receive his blessing and so it's very important to realize the importance of serving the lord first of all and primarily and glorifying him The nation of Israel was greatly blessed here at this time because of their willingness to exalt him and make him great. Nations around Israel were looking at them. They were looking to see what's going on in Israel. And they saw this massive celebration that took place here as the temple was completed. So in verse Or chapter 9, it says, And it came to pass when Solomon had finished the building of the house of the Lord and the king's house and all Solomon's desire, which he was pleased to do, that the Lord appeared to Solomon the second time as he had appeared unto him at Gibeon. Howbeit, or sorry, flip two pages here. And the Lord said unto him, I have heard thy prayer and thy supplication and thou, that thou hast made before me. I have hallowed this house which thou hast built to put my name there forever, and mine eyes and mine heart shall be there perpetually. And if thou wilt walk before me as David thy father walked in integrity of heart and in uprightness to do according to all that I have commanded thee, and will keep my statutes and my judgments, then I will establish the throne of thy kingdom upon Israel forever, as I promised to David thy father, saying, There shall not fall fail thee a man upon the throne of Israel. But if thou, if ye shall at all turn from following me, or ye or your children, And will not keep my commandments and my statutes which I have set before you, but go and serve other gods and worship them. Then will I cut off Israel out of the land which I have given them. And this house which I have hallowed for my name will I cast out of my sight. And Israel shall be a proverb and a byword among all people. And at this house which is high, Everyone that passeth by it shall be astonished, and shall hiss. And they shall say, Why hath the Lord done this unto this land, and to this house? And they shall answer, Because they forsook the Lord their God, who brought brought forth their fathers out of the land of Egypt, and have taken hold upon other gods, and have worshipped them, and served them. Therefore hath the Lord brought upon them all this evil. So God here meets with Solomon and reminds Solomon of the importance and the responsibility that he had to serve the true God. God's promises are true, but God doesn't throw his pearls to the swine. And if a person claims to be a Christian, but wants to live for the world, wants to disobey God, wants to follow their own way, wants to make up their own religion they cannot expect to have the promises of God upon them. And again, when we look at what's going on in the United States with this this, uh, reported Asbury revival that happened there now a couple of weeks ago already, three weeks or so ago, and this past week there have been more reports coming out about the fraudulent nature of that whole thing. Finally, people are speaking out. But one of the things that has been reported about that is that the people that were leading in the so-called worship, the music team, which is what they call the worship team, they were many of them were sodomites. And the college uh, has no problem with people being sodomites and claiming to be Christians. They believe, that college believes that that uh, marriage is between a man and a woman, but they have no problem accepting the lie that a person can be born, a man, boy can be born desiring boys, and a girl can be born desiring girls. They have no problem believing that. And they believe that a person can do that and be a Christian as long as they're celibate. And that's a lie. But you see, what that is doing is that's promoting that lie to many other places. So that's not a, a biblical revival that's happening there. First of all, revival is where lost people get saved, not where Christians get, get uh, right with God. That's not revival because to revive someone is to raise someone that's dead. And a Christian is not dead. A Christ can, Christian can be wayward. A Christian can be carnal and needs to be brought back into a right relationship with God, but that's not called revival in the Bible. So what's going on in Asbury, there is not a work of God, but it is a tool of the devil to continue to deceive people, and sadly there will be many people that will be deceived. The Bible tells us, and we've talked about it before, that when the Antichrist come, comes, he will, he will do lying signs and wonders. And what we had going on at Asbury there was lying signs and wonders. People supposedly speaking in tongues, people supposedly being healed, devils being cast out of people and so on. All of that was lying signs and wonders. But there will be many people that will buy into that lie because they don't know the truth. And so Solomon here is warned that he needs to stand for the truth, that the promises that were made to David were real, but if Solomon or any of the people would turn aside, they would expect, they could expect, and they should expect that God would withhold his blessing from them. And it didn't have to be a great big uh, problem. It says there in in verse... um, We read there at verse 4 again, And if thou wilt walk before me as David thy father walked in integrity of heart and in uprightness to do according to all that I have commanded thee and will keep my statutes and my judgments. But then if you look at verse 6, But if ye shall at all turn from following me, ye or your children. So it doesn't have to be that they throw away the law, and say, we don't believe in God anymore. If you turn away at all, if you start down the road of compromise, which is what Solomon did, he married many strange wives. He allowed their idolatry to affect and infect his belief system. So he turned away in, in what some might say, well, it's just a small thing. Well, but not with God, it's not. So when we start to compromise the truth, we run into trouble. And one of the problems that we have in our lives and we don't pay attention to, and when we look at the nation of Israel, it was several hundred years from the time of King David before the Babylonians came and took the, the Judah captive. It was several hundred years before the Assyrians came and took the northern ten tribes Israel captive. So we tend to think as we live our lives and we don't pay attention to the word of God and we, we compromise and we think, well, everything is still going good, but we don't look and see, what is this compromise going to do for my children? What, is it going to, what effect is it going to have on them? And as we live and get older, we begin to see the effects that compromise has on our children. And it's very hard when the children are taught the wrong thing, it's very hard for them to turn and go and do the right thing because of the devil's hold on them. It's not impossible. I was raised in a compromised household, but God showed me the importance of truth and brought me out of that and is helping me to build my life upon the truth. But it doesn't happen very often, and uh, we need to be careful in how we build our own lives and how we teach our children. And once we come to see the truth, we need to be quick to acknowledge the truth and admit that we were wrong so that our children can see that what we did before was wrong and what we're doing now is we're seeking to honour God so that they can see the difference that they can see that the truth is what they need to follow. And so uh, Solomon was warned here by God to make sure that he chose the right way for himself, for his children, and for the nation of Israel. In verse 10, we read there, And it came to pass at the end of 20 years when Solomon had built the two houses, the house of the Lord and the king's house. So again, we look at the building of the temple was seven years. The building of Solomon's house was 13 years. So that adds up to 20 years. So it tells us here that it came to pass at the end of 20 years. In verse 11, it says, Now Hiram, the king of Tyre, had furnished Solomon with cedar trees and fir trees and with gold according to all his desire, that then Solomon gave Hiram twenty cities in the land of Galilee. And Hiram came out from Tyre to see the cities which Solomon had given him, and they pleased him not. And he said, What cities are these which thou hast given me, my brother? And he called them the land of Kabul unto this day. And Hiram sent to the king six car talents of gold. So Solomon here, after he's done all this building, he wants to thank Hiram, and he gives him land. And it tells us here that he gives him cities in, uh, in Galilee, the land of Galilee, which belonged to Israel. But he's giving these cities to a foreign king. And uh, this king, he didn't appreciate what Solomon had given him. He uh, didn't like the gift. And uh, so he called it Kabul, which is not a good term, and uh, didn't have any respect for what Solomon gave him. But God still intervened there and Hiram sent the king it says six score talents of silver so 60 talents of silver so no six score uh, six score, score is 20 times 6 would be 120 <clears throat> talents of silver and this is the reason of the levy which king Solomon made, raised for to build the house of the lord and his own house and Milo And the wall of Jerusalem, and Hazor, and Megiddo, and Gezer. For Pharaoh, king of Egypt, had gone up and taken Gezer, and burnt it with fire, and slain the Canaanites that dwelt in the city, and given it for a present unto his daughter, Solomon's wife. And Solomon built Gezer, and Beth Horon, the nether, and uh, Baalath, and Tadmor in the wilderness in the land. And all the cities and the store that Solomon had, the cities for his chariots, the cities for his horsemen, and that which Solomon desired to build in Jerusalem and in Lebanon and in all the land of his dominion, dominion, and all the people that were left of the Amorites, Hittites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites, which were not of the children of Israel, their children that were left after them in the land, whom the children of Israel were Also, were not able to utterly destroy. Upon those did Solomon, Ptolemy levy a tribute of bond service unto this day. So we see here that the nation of Israel failed to purge the land of these people that God said needed to be destroyed. Instead, they let them live, and Solomon here as well. Instead of purging the land of these ungodly people, he put a levy on them. That means he put a tax on them. He made them servants, and they would have to serve uh, Solomon and the nation of Israel. But that's not what God told them to do. God told them to to destroy them because they were wicked people, and they were uh, people that would uh, turn the, the nation of Israel away from the true God. And here Solomon is compromising instead of honoring God and following him. So we see how quickly and how easily it is for a person to ignore what God says, to think they're doing right, and to even use the enemies of God to try to enrich themselves, but not recognizing the danger of having false believers in your midst. Now, as we look at our message this afternoon, we see that one of the condemnations that God brings Jesus brought against the pastor in Pergamos was that he tolerated sin. And when we tolerate sin, it will tear things apart. And that's why a church needs to be strong on the truth, needs to stand upon the truth, and people need to understand that... This is a place where the truth is dominant. Uh, People might want to come here and change it, but no, they don't have that authority. They don't have that right. This is a house of God. If you don't like it, then go somewhere else. But we're not going to be compromisers just to try to get people to come. We're not the United Church. We're not the Catholic Church. We want people to know the truth. Jesus said, the truth shall make you free. And so uh, we don't set our own rules here. We follow what the Bible says. And uh, that's something that I try to be very careful in teaching. When I say this is what we're going to do, I try to teach here's why we're going to do it based on what the Bible says. Not because it's my opinion, not because of my Mennonite background, but because the Bible says so. So that's important. So in verse 24 it says, But Pharaoh's daughter came up out of the city of David unto her house which Solomon had built for her. Then did he build Milo. And three times in a year did Solomon offer burnt offerings and peace offerings upon the altar which he built unto the Lord. And he burnt incense upon the altar that was before the Lord, so he finished the house. And King Solomon (coughs) made a navy of ships In Ezion-Geber, which is beside Eloth, on the shore of the Red Sea in the land of Edom. And Hiram sent in the navy his servants, shipmen that had knowledge of the sea, with the servants of Solomon. And they came to Ophir, and fetched from thence gold, four hundred and twenty talents, and brought it to King Solomon." So here we see again that Solomon is making an alliance with an ungodly king. Uh, He used that king to supply the timbers for the temple. But now he's going into business dealing with Hiram. And uh, we're going to see later on that uh, I believe it was Hezekiah did the same thing. And uh, God destroyed, no, Jehoshaphat I think it was, yeah, Jehoshaphat. And God destroyed the ships because Jehoshaphat was compromising. So uh, Solomon here was not wise in this alliance that he was making, using an ungodly king to advance himself. He didn't need that. He had God, and he could have gotten everything he needed through following God faithfully. But we see again how the nature of man is to, to ignore what God says, the clear teaching of what God says, If we can make some benefit from it ourselves and we find a way of justifying it When we want to do something that's not right our minds are pretty active and We can justify The things that we want to do even though they're not biblical and We need to guard against that we need to be careful. We know what the Bible says and if we don't we need to search it out and We need to be careful that we follow the truth and not some false idea that the devil wants to put into our minds to weaken the work of God. So in chapter 10, we see the Queen of Sheba coming and traveling to uh, Jerusalem, says there, And when the Queen of Sheba heard of the fame of Solomon concerning the name of the Lord, she came to prove him with hard questions and she came to jerusalem with a very great train with camels that bear spices and very much gold and precious stones and when she was come to solomon she communed with him of all that was in her heart and solomon told her all her questions there was not anything hid from the king which he told her not and the queen of sheba had seen all and when the queen of sheba had seen all solomon's wisdom and the house that he had built and the meat of his table and the sitting of his servants and the attendance of his ministers and their apparel and their, his cupbearers and his ascent by which he went up to the house of the Lord, there was no more spirit in her. And she said to the king, It was a true report that I heard in mine own land of thy acts and of thy wisdom. Howbeit I believed not the words until I came, and mine eyes have seen it. And behold, a half was not told me. Thy wisdom and prosperity exceedeth the fame which I heard. Happy are thy men, happy are these thy servants which stand continually before thee, and that hear thy wisdom. Blessed be the Lord thy God, which delighted in thee to set thee on the throne of Israel because the Lord loved Israel forever. Therefore made he the king to do judgment and justice. And she gave the king an hundred and twenty talents of gold and of spices very great store and precious stones. There came no more such abundance of spices as these which the Queen of Sheba gave to King Solomon. And the navy also of Hiram that brought gold from Ophir Brought it, with, brought it in from Ophir great plenty of elmog trees and precious stones. And the king made of the elmog trees pillars for the house of the Lord and for the king's house, harps also and psalteries for singers. There came no such elmog trees, nor were seen unto this day. And King Solomon gave unto the Queen of Sheba all her desire, whatsoever she asked, beside that which Solomon gave her of his royal bounty. So she returned and went to her own country, she and her servants. So we see one of the things that we learn in the Bible and that society in general has done for many years is to recognize the the uh, value of gold. Now, we said that the temple was covered in gold, but that was a picture of the deity of Jesus Christ. But gold was also used in Bible times as the the greatest of value regarding money. And in our world, the United States used to have gold as their standard. Everything in the United States, all their money was backed up by gold reserves. But back, I think it was in the days of Roosevelt, I can't remember which one now, but back in earlier U.S. history, they changed that and they got rid of the gold standard. And uh, whereas Russia, China, and other countries like that, they still have gold as their standard. And the American economy is crumbling. Uh, You wouldn't recognize that if you look at... uh, The United Canada's economy too. You wouldn't look if you look at our our news, but we are so far in debt, and the problem is that we don't have anything to back up our debt. We don't have gold. We got rid of it, but Russia and China and those countries they have gold, and so their money is worth more than our money is, and they are developing their own trading system right now to get rid of the American system because the United States has been using its money to try to control the world but these countries are are realizing they don't want to be under United States control and because their currency is worth more than American money Canadian money they are starting to get out from under that control it's not a good thing uh, but again, when we look at the Bible, we see that the, North America is not mentioned in Bible prophecy. And when we look at what's going on in our countries, we are ready to fall. We are morally bankrupt already. We have forsaken God. We have so much uh, criminality in Canada with the murder of unborn children. And with the sodomite agenda and all that stuff, the injustice that takes place in the United States Uh, recently, there was a man that used to work for the Clintons that was found dead by a tree. He was tied to a tree. Uh, There was no gun around there, and yet the official report is that he committed suicide. Well, if he committed suicide, first of all, how did he tie himself to the tree? Secondly, where's the gun? Because if you commit suicide, when you shoot yourself, your arm might swing out and the gun might fly out of your hand, but it would still be there. But the gun is gone. And so that's just one of many instances where the Clintons have been involved in people that have died mysteriously, and the officials have always said it was suicide. Um, But that's the criminal nature of people in high places And when that is the nature that a nation accepts, when that's the system a nation accepts, it can't stand. So the United States and Canada are in big trouble, not just because we don't have the gold standard, but that's one of the problems that we have. But our biggest problem is that we've rejected God, and we're going to see that that's going to be Solomon's biggest problem too. He had a lot of gold. He had money. And he had fame, but he turned his back on God. And that's not a good thing. We're out of time. We're going to close with a word of prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we're thankful again that we have thy word. We're thankful again that we can study thy word. We can see the progress that was made in Israel in the days of Solomon, how that the name of Israel was known abroad. Even the Queen of Sheba traveled to come and see what was going on in Israel. And the wisdom of Solomon, which he got from thee, he didn't invent it himself. But Solomon didn't allow thee to direct him, and he would soon fall. We pray that we can learn from this, to be careful in our own lives, to know the fear of God in our hearts and lives, and to want to serve thee faithfully. Prepare us for the preaching hour that thy will would be accomplished, and that we would glorify thee, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.